Well, hello again. <coughs> We're starting a new series this term uh, called People of the Spirit. And we're coming back to look at uh, the book of Acts, which we looked at in term one, and we took a break from that in term two to look at 1 Corinthians um, and thinking more about what the Spirit is doing. So, But I would like us to return to the book of Acts to hear more about what it says about how God's people learned to live with his Spirit um, and to follow him. And so we're going to look at particular stories in a, the second section of Acts, where different people experience the Spirit calling them to do different things and how they responded and what it can teach us about our own life with God. Now, this is the first one. Um, I, today I come before you a bit differently to, to what I usually do. I was prompted over the holidays uh, that I should start this series um, in a different manner than I usually do, that instead of preparing a sermon, I should wait and see what God uh, encouraged me to say when I got up today. So I haven't actually thought at all, really, about what I'm going to say to you about this passage this morning. I'd like us instead to listen to the word together and see what God has to say to us today, to be open to what he will say. So I'm just going to spend a moment opening my heart to God and asking him to speak to me and through me and to us and through us today. So let's open ourselves to God for a moment, then let's see what he has to say to us. We thank you, Lord, that you've given us your spirit. We pray that you would speak to us through your word and by your spirit with the words that we need to hear today and every day. In Jesus' name, amen. What I might do then is perhaps look with you through the text and do something that I like to do when I'm preparing a sermon or when I'm doing my personal reflections. One of the things that you realise when you read the Bible for yourself with an open heart is that it speaks very clearly sometimes and that there are things that the Spirit brings to your mind as you read it. One of the ways that I do that is to read through and look for the verses, the phrases, the words and the ideas that seem to have a certain weight to me as I listen. It's almost like uh, different parts of the text have a different volume when you read them. Some of them are quiet and some of them are very loud, speaking directly to you. I was listening while Anne was reading before to see what those words were for me today. And there are quite a lot, actually, if you read this passage. It's almost too much uh, to, to listen to and to talk about today. But let's think, let's think. I would encourage you, if you have the Bible with you, to read it for yourself and see what God is saying to you, what stands out to you. Because usually that means that there's something to go deeper with God about. What are the words that he's saying to you today? He speaks to us through his scriptures, and that's how we learn to listen to him. So what came out to me when I was listening today, and as I read it now? If you look in verse 2, Paul is gone to Damascus to look for people who are following the way. 
This is one of my favourite um, phrases um, in the book of Acts. The way. This is how, they, how it was described, what it meant to be a member of the church, a follower of Jesus, someone who belongs to the way or a follower of the way. I first realised this, I think, probably about uh, 15 years ago or so, I was reading a book talking about how Christians should be living uh, and expressing their faith in practical ways. And the point, the point was that Christianity is not necessarily just about a set of beliefs. It's not just about ideas in our heads. It's also about the things that we do. It's a path. It's a way that Jesus has shown to people, a way of living and a way to God. Paul is looking for people who know the way to live, who know the way to God. And he didn't realise he was on that way himself, obviously, on the road to Damascus. But that's kind of the point. Sometimes you don't know where you are until you get there. So the way speaks to me. And I encourage you to think about the way today. What way are you on? Where are you actually going? Um, you may think you're going to Damascus to persecute a group of Christians, or you may think we're on, on the road. Uh, a lot of people I know left Melbourne a few days ago thinking they were going to go on interstate holidays. <laughs> it's not where we're going to end up. Where are we going? And it is uncertain, and it is a way to follow, and I think it is helpful to read the book of Acts and you go, well, we're on the way with these people. Um, and the same way that they followed. That's why I didn't want to prepare today. I wanted to say, well, what way am I on? And where's God going to lead me today? What does he, he have for me to say? We need to trust him. He, is, he has got a path for us to follow. So the way. Now, then um, Saul encountered Jesus in a very dramatic way. Um, I've never had a vision of Jesus or heard his audible words, and I hope one day I will, but... Um, Paul, Saul did, um, and it wasn't exactly as comforting as we might expect it to be, uh, to see Jesus. It was actually blinding confrontation that knocked him off his horse, um, and he fell to the ground, and Jesus said to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? I wonder who Paul thought was, or Saul thought was actually talking to him. I guess he said, who are you, Lord? And Jesus said, well, it's me, and I'm, you're persecuting me. And I... The reason why this word had weight to me while I was listening when Jesus said, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Is I think that it reminded me what Jesus says, that anything that we do to other people, particularly those people who have the name of Christ, is the same as doing it to Jesus. You know, um, if you, Jesus says in the Gospels, if you help people, you're help in, in my name, you're like, it's you're helping me. If you visit someone in prison, if you give someone in need, you're actually helping me. And, and he's telling Saul, by persecuting other, these Christian people, you're actually persecuting Jesus himself, the Son of God. And it's actually an encouragement or perhaps a warning. <laughs> how, how do I treat, how do, we, how do you treat other people who bear the name of Jesus? Do we persecute them? in various ways, or do we lift them up? Do we encourage them on the way? What do we do? Whatever we do, we do to Jesus. Ananias. Ananias is an interesting character. What would you do if you were told to go and see your worst enemy and help him? He's blind. So that's Ananias's job.
But Jesus does have a job for Paul, he tells Ananias. And this is probably one of the most fearsome words in the Bible, where in verse 15, Jesus tells Ananias what Paul's going to do. Um, I'm sure Ananias must have told Paul uh, what he said, and I'm not sure how Paul would have felt about this. He says, But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Do you want to be chosen by God to do something? (laughs) Yes, Lord, choose me. Send me to do something wonderful, world-changing, powerful ministry. I'm going to do it all. I'm going to do it. This is what he did say to Saul. He was literally saying, Saul is going to be the one who plants the church among people who are not Jewish. But that will be a road of suffering. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Now, that's a weighty thing for me or anyone to listen to. Has Jesus ever shown you how much you're going to suffer for him? If we did, would we follow him still? Why was Saul blind? Why was Saul blind after seeing Jesus? Why did he need to do that? The bright light wasn't seen by other people. It was an internal vision. And I was just struck as I was listening to this that... The the consequence of this for Paul was that he couldn't see anymore and he needed to be prayed for. And something like scales falls from his eyes when Ananias prays for him. This reminds me of how many phrases that we use that come from the Bible. Have you ever said, the scales fell from my eyes? And it doesn't really mean that you were physically blind and you can now see that that's what Paul was. But what it really meant was that What is in the way of seeing the truth is gone now. What was in the way of seeing, of Paul seeing the truth? He had his ideology, he was a Pharisee, he knew what was going on. He knew what was true, he knew the law, he knew his mission, he knew what he was about to do and he was going to go. And he he found himself on a path where he was actually going to go and kill people. And I think... It's very, it is actually possible to believe you're doing exactly the right thing and find yourself in a position where you, want to, where you think that hurting other people is what you should be doing. It happens all the time, and that's where Paul got. Even though he was probably more zealous and committed to his relationship with God and his faith in him than anyone watching this today. What scales needed to fall from his eyes was the state of his heart and his actual openness to the Spirit of God the way that Jesus was calling him to do. And one of the things that strikes me if you read the letters of Paul after this is he still had that rough edge that he would have had as a Pharisee. He he, he could say tough things to people, but I think the gentleness of spirit that he shows is quite um, remarkable and his care for people of different needs, vulnerable people, and not caring about his own sense of self. And I think Jesus dropped from him the idea that it was important for Paul to be the important one, that the God's kingdom would be brought in by violence. And so the Spirit revealed to him that Jesus was actually calling him to a different way and those scales fell from his eyes. And he's prepared then for what comes next.
That's the end of the reading there. That's, I've got through as far as I can see and thought about some of the things that it might mean for me and for us today. There's a lot in it, isn't there? I'd encourage you to go back and read it for yourself too. And what is God saying to you? One of the great things about character stories that we have in the Gospels and in the book of Acts is that it does invite us to listen to what God's saying to us and to identify with different characters. Do I identify with Paul? In some respects, I do. Do I identify with Ananias? In some respects, I do. God is always asking us to do things like he asked Ananias. It may not be as clear as that, but do we actually listen? So who do you identify with in this story about people of the spirit? It's a good idea. I thought it would be good to start with Paul and his conversion because it shows God's willingness to work with anyone and it shows that he's willing to change and take people and do with them things they didn't expect and understand. And that's really what this whole book is about. And I think this is what, as I was saying in my video before, this is what this year is about. Where's God leading us? I don't know, but it's important uh, for us to be attentive and to follow where he's leading us. And following Jesus should be a, a bit of a dynamic adventure as the Spirit guides us day to day, as well as thinking more about the years to come. I think that's all I have to say. So let me pray. I encourage us to think about this uh, text this week and to read on and encourage ourselves to follow Jesus as Paul and Ananias did. Let's pray.